0: If you haven't heard, I have an offer going right now that I want to share with all of you. The algorithms for podcasts are something that you can't fight. And the way it works is podcasts become more visible the more ratings and reviews it receives. It's as simple as that, and I can't find a way around it. So for those of you who tune in every week, who email me how much they love the content and look forward to the next episode, I encourage you to rate and review the show. If you do that, take a screenshot of it and email it to me, and I will send you a link for a free 20-minute conversation. I have been doing this with other designers. They are tremendously valuable, both for me to hear what's going on, but for the designer who is stuck or wants to run an idea by me, or one just wanted to talk about resources to build a library that would support her business more. Really, nothing is off the table, and it's something that I highly encourage because I will not offer this forever, so now is the time to take me up on it. Now, as a side note, I've also gotten some emails from people saying, I don't know how to do this. It doesn't seem to show me a link. And it appears that they are listening to the podcast from the link inside of my website, which is fantastic and a resource that you all should be checking out to keep up on things. The problem is you can't rate and review through that link. You have to go on to one of the platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you are listening to podcasts besides my website, they have the capability of allowing you to rate and review Often it's on the home screen of the podcast itself, not on a specific episode. You scroll down, you'll see other ratings and reviews, and there's typically a button underneath. That's where you leave it. You take a screenshot, send it to me, and I will get you on my calendar so that we can talk all things renovation management or even decorating. It really doesn't matter. So I hope to hear from more of you soon. Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. In last week's episode, number 92, I discussed how to end the year strong. And one of the ways to do that is to say no to incoming calls for new work. Now, I went into the vetting process, and that is something you should be taking on during this time period, just not promising or starting any additional work. So if you didn't hear that episode, I would go back and listen to it because in today's episode, I'm going to address some of the feedback I got from that episode. And that is all about What is the right fit? Because that is the point of the vetting process. Is this client a good fit for you? So let's break that down so that you can figure out which projects you should be putting on your list for January to reach back out to. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So as I said, this episode is based upon feedback I got from last week's episode where i talked about vetting potential clients and it is a critical step that all designers need to be taking and homeowners listening you should want to be vetted by a designer that you reach out to because that is the first step of a professional working relationship so don't be afraid of the vetting process it really does benefit both the designer and the homeowner and Homeowners, listening, do not be offended if a designer determines that your project is not a good fit for them. It is not personal. It is a business decision. And frankly, one, you should be comfortable receiving because a renovation project, as I've mentioned a million times before, is extremely invasive. It's extremely overwhelming at times. It's exhausting. And more importantly, it's expensive. So as a homeowner, I would want my project in the hands of a designer who felt that it was a good fit for them, right? And trust me, I worked in world-renowned design firms in New York City, and we had plenty of people calling, looking to hire us because they wanted the name associated with the firm. And that is an enormous compliment. And many of you will be experiencing the same thing. The problem with that is this shouldn't be about that. This should be about the work. This should be about the relationship between a designer and a homeowner. And frankly, you know this as well as I do. They're just people you don't gel with. No harm, no foul, nothing personal. It's just you don't get a feeling. And frankly, the vetting process, it takes place in a short span of time. And so, Sometimes you might miss the mark and say no to a project as a designer that maybe would have worked out. And I've had a few of those where I would look back and think, huh, maybe that one I shouldn't have passed on. But you know what? You can't live with regrets. There was something in that moment that made me say no, and you have to own it, realize there was some bigger purpose out there, and move forward with it. So that's what I want to get across to everyone, both homeowners and designers, and Sorry to say, designers, through the vetting process, there may be homeowners who say, you know what, you aren't the one for me. I don't like your fee structure. This is more expensive than I thought. I don't like how you run your team. Who knows what the case may be? Again, it's a business decision. A homeowner should be looking very carefully and making sure that a designer they are interviewing is a good fit for them. So these decisions can be made from either side. But today I want to talk to the designers about how they need to do this vetting, what elements they need to consider when they're going through this process so that their businesses continue to move forward, matching the goals that they have set. Okay, so goals. I just mentioned the big word. Everybody needs goals. Now, you will find some designers who say, I have a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and a 20-year plan, and that's fantastic if that's how they build confidence in their firm. You may say to yourself, holy cow, five years, that seems like forever. Fine, go with a one-year plan. We are in the fourth quarter of 2022. What do you want 2023 to look like? And that is going to be personal and individual for all of you. And you should not compare yourself to any other firm because your firm, your business is unique to you at this very moment. But that being said, I want you to stretch yourself. You have resources now. I want you to be investing time and energy into renovation management. It truly is a game changer for design firms to become a one-stop shop for their clients, as well as adding a lucrative and predictable income stream to their firm. It really is a no-brainer, and I, I want to get that across to everyone. So maybe your goal is, I'm going to take on two renovation projects next year, because that's what I have the bandwidth to manage, because I know I have X, Y, and Z projects that are going to flow into 2023. And maybe you're looking at your calendar saying, gee, I think I am booked up until mid-year, all right? Is that June, July, somewhere in there? These are the things I want you to take the time now. Whether you get any new client calls or not, this is an important step to get you prepared. So when you do get that inquiry, you already know, okay, I'm thinking I have time to slot in a mid-size decorating project starting in July. But a renovation project, I'm going to put that higher on the priority because I want to do two. And in order to do two, I want it to start in first quarter. You know, These are the things I want you to start fleshing out, even just in that broad topic. We didn't even talk about the size and the scope of the projects and things like that. That's not necessary right now. What's necessary is for you to get the broad strokes of what your goal is for 2023. Okay, so we've got some goals. We know kind of what we'd like to fit into the slots that we have. Then we are getting on vetting calls. And again, I went through this last week. You should not be going out to new client appointments to vet a client. It is not fiscally smart. You will end up spending more time likely giving away valuable information, and it may end up that it's not a good fit. And so it's a complete waste. You need to establish a protocol of having these vetting or informational sessions on a phone call. And homeowners listening, you should be appreciative of this because I have been in uncomfortable situations inside someone's home where it was clearly not a good fit, maybe even on both ends. And yet I'm in the home right? This was years ago. It was before I realized this was a bad way to go about the initial vetting stages. So do not be offended if a designer says, let's set up a call. The initial time spent together can be productive, can be informational through a phone call. Okay. So now you've got someone on a call. They're telling you about their project. What I want you to be thinking as they're talking is, what's the scope and scale of this project? Holy cow, is it too big? And by too big, I mean, could be it's a whole house and you've never done a whole house with renovation management. Is it a renovation management and then a full furnishings offer? Is it an addition of new construction and a full renovation of an older home? These I would consider big projects. Now, your initial thoughts, if you're not Seasoned is, I'm going to fail. It's too big. I can't do it. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my shirt in this. I'm going to make way too many mistakes. It's way too much. I can't do it. And you feel the panic rising, right? I know some of you are nodding and chuckling as you're hearing me say this. And hell, I've had those calls where I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. Years ago, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can manage this. But here's the thing. It really does depend. And if you're on a call and you get that feeling, what that feeling tells you is dig deeper, ask more questions, get more information out of the client. And the reason I say this is I was speaking with a designer a couple weeks ago, and she was telling me about a new client call. The woman already had a contractor lined up. This designer had heard of this contractor, but had never worked with them before. designer was open and honest and said, I'm interested in this project. It was a ground-up construction turning into sizable furnishings at the end. And she said, I don't have a lot of experience running renovation projects. She gave the experience she had. That I think there was a couple of bathrooms and a kitchen, but said this would be outside of my traditional scope of work. Great. She was honest. She was forthcoming with information that gave the client the ability to make a decision on her own. The client was not put off by this. And homeowners listening, you shouldn't be put off by that. First of all, you should be thrilled that a designer is being honest with you. And mainly because I've heard a lot of stories of the opposite. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I've done things similar to that. Blah, blah, blah. They round all the corners off. Yes, I've done, you know, bathroom. Bathrooms turn into living rooms. It's super easy. No, no, it's not super easy. And that's okay. So long as you're honest and upfront with your current skills that you will be bringing to a project. But what do you do with that? I told this designer, Reach out to the contractor directly, of course, asking permission from the homeowner because you need to be talking about their project. The homeowner said, sure, reach out to him. She was going to reach out, explain the situation, tell in detail to the contractor who will fully understand the level of experience she has if she gives a lot of the details of the work that she actually did. Unlike a homeowner, you can be a little broader when you're talking to a homeowner. And discuss with the contractor where you think your concerns would be, right? Maybe it's I did a bathroom, but I've never done a master bedroom, so I may be needing some guidance in the electrical plan or reflected ceiling plan or something along those lines, or perhaps you haven't done a lot of elevation drawings. I've been hearing a lot about that from designers. Their skills just aren't there yet, and that's okay. I can guarantee you that that contractor is A, going to be relieved that you have some experience and you're being honest about it. And chances are, he's not going to care one way or the other that your experience isn't in lockstep with his. So I told the designer, if this contractor is professional and is interested in working with you, this is the job you should put as priority one, because it will her experience and skills along the way. And there is nothing wrong with that. There is no shame in acknowledging that. But this would have started from being honest. And I know I'm harping on this because I have seen designers boost their experience and lose their shirts. They make mistake after mistake after mistake that they then have to eat. And I don't want to see any designers in that position for two reasons. One, you should never be losing money on a project. You're doing something wrong. Two, you make the rest of the profession look unprofessional. And my goal is to elevate our industry to be seen in a professional light. And that is counterproductive if a designer is out in the wilds exaggerating their current skills. There is no shame in not knowing something. The shame comes from lying about it. Okay? So that's if you're on a phone call with a new client and you're getting that anxiety feeling, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is too big. It's out of my comfort zone. Take a deep breath, evaluate the rest, and then make a decision. Now, what I want to say very carefully and clearly is be careful taking on too many what I call little projects. Don't get into a panicked situation financially where you say yes to all the little projects that you know you can handle, right? I'm not talking about projects you don't think you can handle. That we just discussed. I'm talking about home runs. Let's say you've done a number of bathrooms and you have three new inquiry calls in this last quarter of the year, you do your vetting calls, you say, I'll call you in January, and you think, boom, I'm taking all three. You need to make sure that your current client list will allow for that. And better yet, will those three people allow you to stack them through the year? You should not, if you're a small company, be starting three bathroom jobs on the same day. You won't be able to handle it. You will make mistakes and it's not because of lack of experience. It's because of lack of time. And again, if you want to go back and listen to my conversation with Desi Cresswell in episode 91, we talk about overwhelm and nothing good happens in overwhelm. We also talk about being the CEO of your company and the CEO of the company takes the 30,000 foot view and sees what's best for my company. So, would it be best to take on all these little projects because you're panicked for income and then possibly set yourself up to be losing income based on mistakes made along the way? Now, they even may be small mistakes, and it's a couple hundred here and a couple hundred there. That shouldn't put your company out of business, but it also shouldn't happen at all. Now, the other thing that can happen is if you take on too many jobs at the same time because you're in a panic situation, You can upset clients. I just saw this happen. A client was very upset and kept saying, I don't think this company has the time for me. Now, this was someone I knew personally, and they had hired a construction company and were managing it on their own. So I unfortunately wasn't able to jump in and help out, but she felt, whether it was true or not, frankly, I have no idea. And frankly, it doesn't matter if she's telling me this, I can guarantee she's telling other people this. And so we live in a small enough town and that company just lost, well, not only lost a positive review, but gained negative reviews. And that is not something I want any designer to get because depending on the size of your town, it can be hard to overcome negative reviews. So again, going back to your goals, going back to where you are, seeing where your time slots are, realistically knowing what your bandwidth, what your team, if you have one, can handle is critical before you get on these vetting calls. So now if you're saying, but Renee, I need to take on all three of those projects. They were perfect. It's something I can do. It's in my wheelhouse. I can knock them out of the park. Great. Then in that vetting call, you need to explain your calendar, right? Now, of course, you're not having all three calls simultaneously. So the first guy, they luck out. They're probably going to get top on the list. The next guy, you're going to have to explain where they are in your list. Yes, I can call you in January. It's now looking like it may be late spring, early summer before I can get to your project. Is that a problem? I'll be honest, I know people cringe when I say things like that, asking the client if it'll be a problem. One, I think it's respectful. You should ask if it's going to be a problem. This is a mutual agreement and they need to be a fully aware of your schedule and B buying into it. And, you know, most importantly, I've actually never had anyone not work with me because of that. Don't get me wrong. I've heard a few pushback. Oh gosh, I really wish blah, blah. You know, I really had hoped to get started, you know, January 3rd. And my response is always, I understand that. I'm sure you've been planning this for months and months or years, or maybe your entire adult life. However, I give my all to every project that I work on. And in order for me to do that, knowing the workload I have right now, late spring, early summer is when I can give you my full attention. Nobody's going to say, well, gee, I don't want your full attention. I'm willing to get half of your attention, right? And still invest the tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, just think about that. So it's how you manage the call. It's how you manage the responses that gives the assurance to the client. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want Renee's 100% attention. That is what I would be paying for. And therefore, am I willing to wait? Now, it could still be, no, I'm going to call around. And in bigger cities, yes, you have competitors. They may find someone else. And if that's the case, the job wasn't meant for you. Because like I said earlier, you would be cramming it into a part of your calendar that you truly can't take on another client. And that project, you'd either lose money or you would lose the faith of that client. And either way, it's not something you want. It's a balancing act, and I can't tell you that I get it right all the time, but I get it darn close, and that is from experience, and that is why this podcast is so important. Learn from my mistakes. I am happy to share my mistakes, and trust me, they're not flattering to discuss, but I would much rather discuss them, have you hear them, implement them into your own careers and business plans. And be more successful because that is the goal. My goal, as I've said a million times, is to elevate this industry to a more respected profession and take it out of the hobby land that most people in our orbits think about what we do. So lastly, another reason I see designers turn down new work is the fear of the unknown. And for those designers listening who have traditionally done decorating and have never or rarely taken on a renovation project for a client, I get it. I hear you. And what I want to tell you is it's okay to be fearful. Don't let it be the driving force. So again, just like that designer who was going to reach out to the contractor, discuss where her skill sets start and end. That's what you need to do as well. I implore all of you to be honest with whomever you're speaking with about your skills. There is no shame in not knowing renovation management. And of course, this is why this podcast was born. I want to share my knowledge of renovation management with any designer who wants to learn. I learned on the job site, and I know that not all of you have that ability or time to do that. I also learned from other designers. This podcast allows me to pay that forward. Now, again, I have said in the past, I learned on the job site from designers I worked for. So mistakes that I may have made, I didn't have to pay for. Well, at least not monetarily. I definitely paid for it inside the office, whether it was being jeered, four weeks endlessly by my other colleagues, or whether it was uh, not being sent out on projects for a little while by my boss, worried that I would you know, continue making mistakes. But I learned them, and I learned from them, and that is the goal. So the fear of the unknown is normal and expected, but don't let it keep you from expanding your skill set, your knowledge, and your business because as you know and i've already said i do believe this is the way design firms will sustain themselves in the future as the decorating side of our business does get eroded by more and more access to once trade only resources by diyers by hgtv and on and on and on and frankly it's okay i trust me i spent plenty of time being bitter and angry about the erosion of that side of my business, and it got me nowhere. So I no longer am bitter about it. I'm proactive. I now do the renovation management, not only because I love it, because I know it will sustain my business, and I know it will sustain and grow yours as well. So this episode came from feedback from all of you. I can't encourage you all enough to continue to give me feedback, ask questions. Tell me about your experiences. Tell me about the roadblocks you are experiencing or worried about experiencing. And then on a side note, I have been listening to members inside the course. What else are they seeking answers to? And I am right now in the finishing stages of a handful of more documents, downloads, and videos based on their needs. I'm going to be honest with you. I can run a construction project without much thought. And I don't mean that the wrong way. So, you know, if a client's listening, I give your project a lot of thought. But the steps and stages are so ingrained in me, I almost don't realize I'm doing them. And it's like anything else that you're really skilled at doing, right? I mean, I have a cousin who is an insanely good home chef. And I will call her and I'll say, hey, how do you make that amazing pumpkin pie? And she has made it, I mean, hundreds of times in her life. And she will pause and say, oh, wait a minute, let me think that through. Because it's ingrained in her. It is not something that she thinks, oh, it's a cup of this, it's a teaspoon of that, until she stops and focuses on it or is questioned by me. Well, guess what? Renovation management is my recipe. And so there are times where a designer will reach out and say, hey, I don't understand and thinking, oh, you don't? Oh, oh, sure. Oh, gosh. Okay. I do that so automatically, I forget that others don't, right? I am human. I have been doing this for just under 30 years. And sometimes I need to be reminded that not everybody else has that experience and knows it like the back of their hand. So do not be afraid to reach out and say, I'm stuck on this, or I've never seen that, or how do you best fill in the blank? Because that's how I'm adding content to the course each and every time. And the course gets more and more robust and comprehensive because of it. And why I built the course so that it can be added onto as topics come up. Because there are endless topics. As you know, no two renovation projects Will ever be the same. And I don't mean that to scare you. I mean that as more of a thrilling point. You won't ever get stuck in a rut when you're doing renovation projects because they are always dynamic, living, breathing things that will take twists and turns and force you to be on your toes and thinking the whole time. It really is exhilarating during, and more importantly, at the very end, when you stand in the space, you take a deep breath and you say, I did this. It really is pretty awesome, I gotta say. And that's what I want for all of you. So to wrap things up, these vetting calls are critical. Not just, hey, do I like this person? But to get the right balance of projects for your 2023 goals that you have set up for yourself so that you will have a successful and productive year that is not filled with overwhelm, stress, anxiety, which can only lead to poor outcomes and costly mistakes. So as always, reach out to me. Let me know what's going on in your world, how I can support you further. I know you all are busy. I thank you for your time today. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media at Devine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid-project. And thank you again for listening today.